my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, since it is April, I am bringing to you a new series. I've been wanting to get to this for years, but I figured with it also being April is the third anniversary of the Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas podcast. I'm like, and the fact that there's five Fridays in April, I'm like, okay, this lines up perfectly. So to kick things off, I'm doing the serious episodes. The first one I'm going to focus on for this week is going to be Season 3, Episode 21, Just Say No Way. This episode aired March 30th, 1990. Yeah, so at this point, we were getting towards the end of season three. And I was trying to think as far as, like, serious episodes that deal with alcohol have, at least with Full House, something like this had, you know, never done been done before. But we do tackle another episode in relation to alcohol in the final season of the show in season eight with Under the Influence, which I'll be getting to that towards the end of the month. Alright, so in this episode, it's a big blow for DJ when she catches her boyfriend Kevin experimenting with booze at a dance. And an even bigger blow when Jessie wrathfully accuses her of saying. There's also another summary here. DJ is at a school party. She catches some boys drinking beer. When Jesse arrives, DJ has her back to him and a beer can in her hand. Not knowing what has what had happened, he jumps to the wrong conclusion. So DJ is pretty much wrong place, wrong time. So this episode's got a 7.3. And the thing is, of course, I'm not going to spoil it. I don't want to. I'm not going to say anything. This episode's got a 7.3 out of 2, 7.3 out of 10, based on 252 ratings. Let's see. We have Scott Curtis as Kevin Gwynn. I believe this is Kevin's final appearance on the show and Scott Curtis's final appearance playing Kevin. We have Joe Ale Raddy. I'm sure I mispronounced his name. He plays Sam and Michael Giofrigno playing Elliot. And then, of course, we have Anne-Marie McAvoy playing Kathy Santoni. She's reprising her role as Kathy Santoni. I believe she had been, I'm pretty sure, in two other episodes. <coughs> Excuse me. See, yeah, season t two, Back to School Blues. That would uh, season two, excuse me, season three, episode two. 
So we met Kathy Santoni, and apparently she had been going to school, according to her, with DJ and Kimmy since, like, kindergarten. <laughs> and then, of course, we do see her again in... I am... Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. Episode 17 of Season 3, 13 Candles. Gosh, I'm really... Oh, yeah, there is an episode of... Okay, I got it. I got to check. I got to see. Okay. How many episodes has the girl who plays Kathy Santone? Because she did reprise her role in the Fuller House episode, DJ and Kimmy's high school reunion. So let me see. I think maybe it was maybe only four episodes. She does get a mention at least a couple times. Her character does in Full House. However, we never see her. Um, yeah, DJ is asking Steve, why did you drive Kathy Santona, Santona, Santoni home? Because he's like, oh yeah, she had a bunch of books with her. And she says, yeah, and about umpteen pounds of makeup. So yeah, that's DJ trash talking her friend. Um, well, I, I use the word friend loosely. Cause, I mean, she's best friends with Kimmy. But after this episode, we don't see Kathy Santoni. We only hear about her. <clears throat> but, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Um, no, she, uh, Anne-Marie McAvoy, we do see her in season four. Okay, so, oh, it looks like she's only in one episode of Fuller House. Oh, she was in an episode of Mr. Belvedere. Oh, she also, if you've seen the original Children of the Corn, she played Sarah in that movie yes so i'm trying to find full house here it is four episodes okay so the bulk was season three back to school blues 13 candles just saying no way and then of course the iq man which i haven't covered yet i'm going to be saving that for when i cover jesse and joey's advertising episodes so going back to just say no way this was directed by jeff franklin and written by Jeff Franklin, the creator. All right, let's see. Do we have any trivia for this episode? We do. The laugh track is last used when Stephanie thumps her head when getting the tune of Baby Beluga. Uh, that's right. Yes, because it is a serious episode. So I think maybe they're saying this is the last, you know, funny moment before it real everything just hits the fan and just, just, serious mode the title is based on the anti-drug campaign started by first lady nancy reagan under her husband's presidential administration in the 1980s this is the second time dj is scolded by one of her uncles the first being joey and dj tanner's day off well yeah there's that one but there's also season two's joey gets tough when he basically has to ground her. All right. Since Kevin and his friends had beer on school property, they would have likely been expelled and arrested. Okay, arrested. I get they're underage, but I don't think they're going to be arrested. If anything, I mean, it could be lead to expulsion. It could lead to even maybe even suspension. Uh, we never see Kevin again, so I'm guessing his parents pulled him out and put him in a private school. Like, we're not having you hang around those boys anymore. Kevin, they're not a good influence on you. 
And they're probably, I can't imagine, yeah, his parents are like, oh, Kevin, you never do anything wrong. Why would you do something like this? Because he, he's, he's such a sweet boy. And even in this time, the DJ is just surprised by his actions, too. Like, I, I, I would have thought he would have done anything like that. The one-minute version of the theme song is you. That's not really trivia, though. <clears throat> there is goofs. Let's see. <laughs> when the band starts playing with Jesse, they are seen playing their horns, but there is no sound coming from them. There's no sound from them. When DJ gets sprayed by beer, there are no stains on her clothes. Well, she, to be honest, she is wearing a black outfit. Beer is honestly, it's gonna, it's gonna hit you clear. It's not gonna leave a big. Yeah, and, and like I said, she is wearing black clothing. Odds are, it's gonna look like a, a, a water stain if anything else, but. What did, <laughs> I don't know, who put that goof in there? I don't know. <coughs> I want to apologize for the coughing. All right, so here is how it's going to go as far as the lineup. Season three, Just So No Way, is coming out April 1st. I know, April Fool's Day. It is coming out, by the way. This is not an April Fool's joke. Season four, Shape Up, is going to be the week after. Season 6, Silence is Not Golden, is the week after that. Season 8, Under the Influence. And Season 8, Stephanie's Wild Ride. Also, Candace Cameron has a birthday, so the episode I'm covering for her is DJ's Amazing 40th Birthday Race. And also, in honor of my upcoming birthday, even though it's not till August, where I'll be turning 40 this year. <laughs> Let's see... So, yep, it's uh, going to be some different. So, uh, May is kind of going to be the breakup slash get back together double feature. So, there'll just be two episodes, Full House, season three, Breaking Up is Hard to Do in 22 Minutes. That's Jesse and Becky, Breaking Up, Getting Back Together. Designing Mothers from season six, I get, I get, it just seems like calling it really a breakup, even though I'm throwing it into this category, is because, you know, Becky, Becky, Danny and Vicky have a fight in DJ's room. He's saying, hey, you're just like your mother. And, oh, and she's like, oh, really? And then he says, yeah, and, and they continue to argue. And he said something like, if you feel that way, Vicky, you should just leave. In no way is that taken of, I'm ending our relationship. That No. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Bob Saget's birthday, so I will be covering season four, Old Brown Eyes. June, of course, for Father's Day. For the month of June, I'm covering Where Oh Where Has My Little Girl Gone, Full House season six, I'm Not DJ, and season seven, High Anxiety. Of course, the Elson twins have a birthday. I'll be covering A Fish Called Martin. <laughs> All right, so before I officially get into the episode, I want to let you know where you can find the podcast on social media. If you're uh, jumping on the Tanner Train, a.k.a. the Full House Fuller House podcast, you can go to Facebook and type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Land to Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Like it. Follow it if you can, because unlike other Full House or Fuller House, fuck, 
Full House or Fuller House podcasts. This one's a little different. It doesn't go in chronological order of air date. You know, episode by episode, season by season. I do episodes monthly based on themes or characters. Usually can be anywhere from two episodes. You know, what I call a double feature or a series of episodes, which can be three or four episodes. Also, another thing about this podcast you might not know, if you're a Tanner newbie, is that this is a ears of all ages podcast. That means this is a family-friendly podcast you can listen to with your children around. You can listen to on a speaker for the whole world to hear. And you don't got to worry about me dropping, you know, F-bombs unless I'm talking about, you know, if it's... (laughs) Anyway, yeah, you guys... You don't got to worry about that with me. I'm not, I'm not doing that. The only channel that I do have that is adult, you know, old 18 and older content is going to be my Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. And there are just some things. The original Wonder Years, I covered all six seasons. That's 18 and above. Also, the new Wonder Years reboot, which I am co- covering Started out 18 and over, but then I got some, you know, messages from listeners like, hey, I really like the new show. Do you think you could tone it down with the expletives? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that because you asked me and because I want you to be able to listen to the, the new Wonder Years. So another thing that is going to be coming to the podcast are some of the family movies that i'm going to be covering some of them by the way will now be available to listen to on the all my land to holy chalupas podcast on soundcloud so that way you know you guys said it if you don't listen to the punky power podcast where i cover full house on that podcast as well as on the Looking back at my Wonder Years podcast, I also upload on that SoundCloud account Full House episodes. So it's just across the median like that. But uh, I want to give you guys, you know, if you're strictly the All My Lanto Holy Chalupas SoundCloud account, I want to give you guys options. Uh, one thing I will be covering for Earth Day this year is 1994, 95, 95. Born to be Wild, which is about a teenage boy who rescues a gorilla and takes him, takes her, uh, he takes her, the gorilla, on a journey to get her across the Canadian border away from her horrible owner who is using the gorilla to be a sideshow act in his flea market type of thing. Uh, also, Beethoven. If you're a 90s kid and you grew up with Beethoven, the original 1992. Yes, that movie is turning 30 this year. I will be covering, I already did cover that one and the sequel on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years. Now, those were 18 and up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to redo Beethoven. Because I want everyone to be able to have an opportunity to enjoy the review. Especially if they have kids and they want to listen to it. And, you know, also in honor of the passing of Charles Grodin. We did lose him last year. And then also next year when Beethoven 2nd turns 30 in December, I'll be covering that movie again. So look forward 
to Beethoven and Born to be Wild next bleh, in April. Next month in April. <laughs> also, if you guys want to email the podcast, like you have Full House memories, favorite episodes, favorite characters from either Full House or Fuller House, send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show support, I don't do Patreon. I don't ask for money. All I ask is the minute of your time. If you can go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, search for the Full House, Fuller House Podcasts, all my Atlanta Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House Podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. If you want to use emojis to describe episode titles, I will be down to try to guess. So, one actually did that. <clears throat> But it was to have me guess the characters by using emojis. And I thought that was just so fun. So all five star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. I'm not saying you necessarily have to give five stars and four stars, however you feel. But just let your, let your voices be heard. And also, it would be a wonderful tribute for the podcast for its three-year anniversary in April. So, all right. Without further ado, of course, we know there's going to be a cold open with this episode. So let's check it out and get into the episode. All right. The cold open starts in the living room. It's Joey and Michelle. She brings a sandwich on a plate. She says, I cooked you lunch. And Joey says, oh, well, thank you. You're such a sweetest girl in the whole world. And she says, I know. Eat it. <laughs> it's almost like she's waiting for him to like, it, I mean, from it almost looks like there are pickles on that sandwich. And I, mm, no, thank you. I am not a fan of pickles. Never have been and never will be. <laughs> oh, my he takes a bite and it's just like, at first he just looked like he had that hesitation, like, oh my gosh, what's in this? And he cannot hide his just like, <laughs> he's trying so hard not to like spit that out in front of her. This makes me think of uh, the Captain video, which I have not gotten to that. That's going to be during my Jesse's music career ladder journey. And... <laughs> Michelle was trying to get her honeybee badge for cooking, and she was putting, like, pudding and, like, Velveeta cheese or an olive or Oreo ice cream and tuna and just combining things together, and it was just like, I'm sorry, but no one wants a surprise when they're eating ice cream or pudding, for that matter. Bananas, okay. Not bad, not bad. It is bread. After all, is there peanut butter? Okay, I was right about the pickles. And apparently there's jello. Oh, 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 I'm going to be sick right now. And bubblegum. Oh. <laughs> oh, you got all four food groups. I don't know what food group bubblegum falls into, but okay. And he blows a bubble. I Yeah, I think it was more like he already had the gum in there so he could blow a bubble. <laughs> Okay, um, I don't know if this is going to count, but Joey is already just in the cold open in the running for worst outfit of the episode. That is just, oof. It's like 
a shirt that's got, like, someone took, like, a paintbrush and just stuck, like, dabs of, like, brown and, like, some type of, like, green, green, like, and just, yeah, like, just yellow, just really just unflattering colors together, and it just, it's, <laughs> and Joey blows a bubble, and Michelle says, hey, don't play with your food. Joey delivers a Michelle line, all oh, nuts. I cut you lunch. Hey, Michelle, you are the sweetest girl in the world. No, eat it. Okay. That's toasted. No, yeah, one side of it does. Mm, I taste bananas and pickles. Ugh. And jello. Just before the cold open, like, cuts out, she's feet. She picks a sandwich up from the plate and, like, feeds it to him again. I'm like, no, no more. Please, no more. <laughs> oh, God. Not gonna say for a cold open, that one was pretty good. I thought, I mean, it, it grossed me out with the food and all, but it was, it was creative. It, it kind of was creative. I mean, compared to some of the others that are just, like, like that one where Nikki and Alex tell Michelle a joke like what has four legs and barks or whatever that joke was and it's just like uh, try again. So all right, so we're in the kitchen. We got Michelle and Steph hanging out at the kitchen table. Looks like dinner's coming up cuz they got like tablecloths on the table. Jesse's got, and the thing is, when I would watch this before, I didn't have the subtitles on, you know, when I'd see it on TV, and I always thought Jesse called this moon juice, like moon juice, not moo juice, so I guess it's just another word, slang for him for chocolate milk, he says, extra chocolate, easy on the moo, what do you do, squirt uh, Hershey syrup in there? And this is what, oh my goodness gracious sake, uh, Joey comes in. This is going to set this whole plot number B, number two, plot B into motion. Brings in a tape recorder. Says, guess what, Michelle? I got you a tape of children's songs by Raffi. I've never listened to Raffi. At least I don't think so. I don't think so. And, of course, Michelle has no idea. Like, what is a Raffi? It's like, um, he's just someone who sings children's songs. <laughs> Michelle's got her mouth full of cookie. Because you can you'll hear, thank you, what is a Raffi? <laughs> and Joy says, well, he's the guy who sings Baby Beluga. And I've like, uh, never heard of that. But apparently Stephanie has. And she and Danny have worked out a little dance routine. And it's hilarious <laughs> when Joey gets involved. I'm just going to play this. All right, munchkins, you got your chocolate mood juice here. Extra chocolate, easy on the mood. Thanks, Uncle Jesse. Hey, everybody. Hey, Joey. Go. Hi, Guess what, Michelle? I got you a tape of children's songs by Raffi. Thank you. What are the Raffi? Well, he's the guy who sings Baby Beluga. Oh, I used to love that. 
I'm drinking moo juice. I got the baby beluga dancers. When did my life become a G-rated movie? <laughs> and the thing, uh, oh, okay, is that because this is going to be something that Michelle is just going to wear that tape out. Just playing that one song. I mean, I think we all can say back when we listened to cassette tapes and stuff like that, there was always a song that you just constantly played. Oh, and that's the thing before CDs. That's how you listened on cassettes. Was you had to, like, fast forward if you wanted to get to a certain song. If you jumped over it, you'd have to rewind and get back to the beginning, beginning of it and everything like that. And it just, I'm sure there's a song out there we probably wore out cassette tapes from. I mean, I remember when I would listen before I got a portable CD player to listen to on the bus ride to school, and that was a nightmare, by the way. Oh my gosh, those batteries, like, lasted two days, if that. The third day, I'd be taking the batteries out of the thing and rubbing them between my hands and, like, thinking that that would give them more juice. And it was, like, a 25 to 30-minute bus ride to school. So, like, no, I need this. I need to listen. I need to tune out everything that's going on on, on the school bus. So anyway, no, it's like when my batteries would get really low in my, you know, tape player, you know, my headphone thing, and <laughs> you could tell because the songs, the voice would get slower and slower. It's like, oh, guess it's time to replace those batteries. So here come DJ and, and Kimmy from school, and... They are rushing to get through the door, like, get out of the kitchen. They've got stuff to do. Like, I can't talk. I'm very busy. And Dane's like, wait, girls, wait, how how about a little, like, hello? How was your day? Like, we, we can't talk right now. We, we have to go organize a school dance. So even DJ from junior high, she's always been the one, you know, she's on the school paper, she's organizing dances and fundraisers, all this stuff. I mean, it continues from junior high all the way through high school. 
so yeah Danny is like following them like well what are you about your homework and Kimmy says well if we do our homework now what do we do while they take attendance okay seriously I don't think it takes that long to do attendance like not even five minutes I'm sure all they're saying is so-and-so here so-and-so are you here here are you here okay and we all know that Kimmy doesn't do homework because she copies off a of DJ. Unless they got the same class together, which... Yeah, I remember in the Back to School Blues, at the end of the episode, Kimmy got her schedule, like, to the point of exactly like DJs at the very end. Like, before, the only class they had together was uh, Spanish. And then she's like, hey, at the end of the episode, guess what? I got my schedule changed. What? Isn't that something you do before you start school? Like, hey, you get your schedule in the mail, you compare them, like, hey, let me see if I can pull some strings and they can get me into your classes or something, so that way we can do our homework together. Danny, Jesse, and Joey are following DJ and Kimmy up the stairs. And Kim, uh, DJ, of course, says, oh, don't worry, I'm almost finished. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, let's see it then. And DJ says, oh, did I say almost finished? I meant almost started. So, this dance they're putting on, is it just DJ and Kimmy that are doing this? Because, uh, <laughs> usually that kind of thing is put on by, like, a dance committee or so, a, a group of students, if you will. It's not left, unless nobody else really cared. Like, we want to come to the dance, but we don't want to have anything to do with actually putting it together or anything. And being, you know, all those details we're not interested in. We'll show up, but that's, we're doing, that's our part that we're doing. So, yeah, I guess it's just left up to them. And, yeah, the, the girls go to DJ's room. Jesse, Joey, and Danny are just kind of standing there on the top of the stairs, just like... Guys, she's a teenager. I don't know what to tell you. It ain't gonna get any better from here. Hi. Hey. Hi. Girls, wait, how about a little hello? How was your day? No time to talk. We're in charge of the dance. What about your homework? If we do our homework now, what do we do while they take attendance? <laughs> don't worry about me. I'm almost finished. Oh, yeah? Let's see it then. Turns out, that school dance is the following Friday. I thought it was, like, that night. <laughs> but no. Well, uh, Kimmy gets off the phone with Dogface, who's a high school band, apparently. Why they would want to play at a junior high band. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know. We don't care. So DJ's like, yes, we got a band. You don't know what they play. You don't. You didn't interview the band. You didn't see them play any music. You don't know what kind of... Just like, oh, they're in high school. Who cares if they suck? They're in high school and we're in junior high. Everyone's going to love them. <laughs> and of course, Stephanie's like, dog face? I've never heard of them. And Kimmy said, well, yeah, that's because you're in, in elementary school and dog face is in high school. And Stephanie says, well, the Rolling Stones are like a hundred and I've heard of them. <laughs> Haven't we all heard of the Rolling Stones? Don't worry, Steph. You, when she says, Dogface, never heard of them. And I'm like, don't worry, Steph. You will never hear of them. Spoiler alert. They break up the night of the dance. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they probably never played in front of anybody. They're one of those garage bands that plays in secret. 
And then they had like, hey, we got our first gig. And they're like, oh my gosh, but we don't know any songs. We're just jamming. They're, they're like, Larry, if you watch The Wonder Years, uh, the episode Rock and Roll from season three, Larry Beeman, Kevin Arnold joins a band, Larry, this new kid, Larry Beeman, who got, has got a guitar and a couple other kids, one's on a guitar, one's on the drums and whatnot, and they're horrible. They don't know any songs. They're just jamming, playing out of tune. That's their thing. Find a high school or junior high band that can play a tune. I'm not criticizing any out there. I'm sure you're wonderful. If you can play a tune and you play it good, more power to you. <laughs> You'll find more success than those that are just jamming and not playing any song. Because that's because you're in second grade and Dogface is a high school band. I'd be like, well, yeah, it doesn't mean they're any good. Apparently there ain't, because uh, <laughs> they ain't showing up. You guys need to have a, you have, you gotta have a, a, a backup, just in case of, like, okay, we got this one. Let's think of one other that we can get just in case the first choice goes south. So, alright, so DJ has compiled a list of stuff. And she's like, all right, what's next on our list? And Kimmy says, well, you know what? This is a backwards dance, which means the girls ask the guys out. And, of course, I thought that's what a Sadie Hawkins thing was, where the girls ask the guys. Yeah, Kimmy says that means we got to get some guys to be our dates. Well, we already know that uh, DJ and Kevin are pretty, uh, you know, I don't know. Are they exclusive? They kissed at her, after her 13th birthday party. Does that mean they're dating? I, I don't know. And Kimmy says, hey, call up Kevin, DJ. And DJ says, oh, well, I can't. I, I can't do that. I, I don't have his phone number. And Stephanie's like, yeah, you do. It's on speed dial. The one with the heart around it. Yeah. Of course, yes, yeah, Stephanie's like, okay, let me take care of this, ladies. You show, I'll show you how it's done. She goes over the phone, hits the speed dial button, and says, it's ringing. And, it, and DJ's like, Stephanie? First, DJ grabs the phone and says, this is the phone company. Your phone works fine. Goodbye. And, of course, Stephanie, right away to DJ, starts doing the hands tucked under the armpits, going, and Kimmy is even laughing. And DJ looks at Kimmy like, what? And Kimmy says, in all honesty, hey, sometimes she's going to be funny. Like, yeah. Call her bluff and just call the guy. You kissed, right? You kissed your boyfriend, girlfriend, apparently. Then what's the problem? You shouldn't be that shy to, to call up a guy. I mean, you kissed this boy. That usually it's the calling up and being nervous, and then you work up to the kiss. You guys already got past that part. <laughs> okay, so it looks like Stephanie called again and says, Hello, Kevin? And DJ's like, Oh, Stephanie? <laughs> Stephanie jumps off DJ's bed out of the floor and is running around with that long phone cord as DJ's chasing after her. Yeah, and Stephanie's straight forward and says, Hi, this is Stephanie Tanner. I was wondering if you'd like to go to the backwards dance with my wonderful sister, DJ. And DJ says, I'm going to kill you, Stephanie. 
Stephanie says, okay, bye. Hangs up the phone and says, Kevin said yes. And DJ says, I'm gonna hug you. Well, there you go, Deej. You got your little sister got you a date. It takes the pressure off. And, yeah, DJ hugs Stephanie. And Stephanie's just like, ugh, teenagers. They make such a, you make such a big deal out of everything. Like, oh, just you wait, Steph. Just you wait. Great. The dance is next Friday. Don't be late. Dog face said yes. All right, we got a band. Dog Are they face? any good? Never heard of them. That's because you're in second grade and Dog Face is a high school band. And so, such a point. The Rolling Stones are about a hundred and I've heard of them. <laughs> so, what's next on our list? Well, this is a backwards dance. That means we have to get some guys to be our dates. Call up Kevin. I can't right now. I don't have his phone number. Yeah, right. Yes, you do. It's a speed dial button with the hard drive around it. Stephanie. everyone i just want to jump on here before i continue to the night of the school dance here in the episode when i first started recording this episode it was march 16th i had a sore throat and i was feeling a little warm and also i had a headache that had been going on for days the next day, I developed a really high fever that lasted for almost four days, along with a sore throat and uh, just a massive pounding headache. I took a COVID test. Turns out, thank goodness, thank the Lord, it was negative because I'm like, I don't want to have COVID a second time. But um, no, I, I think I, I got the flu. I got the flu the flu bug that's been going around, um, and I think just with the changing weather and everything, but anyway, it's just, I was, I still am just, I still don't have an appetite, I really have not been eating much, and I just, no, with a, with a, with a temperature of 100, 101 for three days straight, I, no way was I gonna podcast, and my voice does still sound a little bit off. I do have a lingering, like, you know, wet cough and everything. This cold is still working through my body. I'm over the majority of it. But the thing is, I can't delay this episode any longer. So if you hear me kind of coughing and stuff, I'll try my best to keep it to a minimum because this is the first episode of the series episodes for the month of April and I really these are big time to me these are big big time because they focus on major major issues that the show tackles and I want to give it 
the full treatment to the best of my ability and everything like that, even with me fighting this, what's left of this sickness out of my body, but just know that I'm going to try to keep the coughing and hacking to a minimum. So I believe, yes, we do actually get to the night, the following Friday night, the night of the dance. Let me just get it queued up here. But yeah, I just want to come on and let you guys know <clears throat> I don't want to fall behind in my scheduling. There's five Fridays in April. It worked out great for the five episodes I want to do, so I don't want to fall behind in that. And I noticed, actually, as Stephanie is hugging DJ and saying, oh, teenagers, they make such a de big deal out of everything. Yeah, DJ above her headboard has got a black and white poster of Janet Jackson. She's got that picture still, that Sharpay in the upper right corner. She's got that San Francisco pennant. She's got, they're still going with the horse poster there. They still got the horse poster going on, even those. DJ has moved on. We even have the horse figurines that have the, um, the coats on them, like the green, I'm not sure, I, I know that there's a proper term for these coat, green coats the horses wear to keep them, you know, warm and all that. Well, I'm sure they do more than that. Uh, they're on DJ's nightstand between, uh, the side of her bed and the the left of the uh, little uh, nook window area, I guess, if you want to call it. All right, so yeah, let's go downstairs. We've got Danny. Looks like he's got a VHSC camcorder, which, you know, he finally he upgraded from the, uh, the big old videotape camcorder from season two. And now it looks like he's moved on to the VHSC. And I think at one point in season eight, the camcorder gets even smaller, sort of the point where it's like really handheld, like fits in the palm of your hand kind of handheld. Jesse is dabbling away on his keyboard on the coffee table. Um, looks like he and Joey, who are still in advertising, J and J Creative Services. I'm trying to think. No, actually, wait a minute. Jane J. Creative Services, isn't that created after the IQ Man episode? Because that's when the guys kind of get dropped from uh, Mr. Uh, Malatesta. Because they started doing stuff, you know, at home and, you know, working remotely so they take care of the kids. And then after that whole disagreement in uh, the IQ Man, when Jesse is um, sexually harassed by... Uh, a female client, he decides, like, hey, I'm not going to do this. This is just, and the boss doesn't back him up. Just says, all right, well, if you're not going to work with this client, then we're not going to work with you. And, yeah, Jesse and Joey decide to go solo with their advertising and stuff like that. So that's a big leap. That is a major leap, which, of course, I will get to that when I cover the IQ man. That's going to be when I do the Jesse and Joey and their advertising days. Okay, so yes, it is a week later. Stephanie comes in like, somebody please do something. It's been one solid week of baby beluga. 
Yeah, if there's ever been... <laughs> Jeremy would go through phases where he'd be into some theme song or something that he would play on beyond repeat constantly to the point where I would just want to rip out my hair. And, uh, yeah, because well, <laughs> I grew up watching Pee Wee Herman. Loved it, loved it. Loved the theme song sung by Cindy Lauper. Didn't really love it so much that he was playing it as he was, like, brushing his teeth in, at night and getting ready for bed. And it's like, okay, that, no, no, no. After, like, months of this, can you move on to something else? Anything else. But, or, it, or it's like a song that you just, oh, gosh, I love that song. I want to play it five more times in a row. And then, of course, the person that's sitting next to you is like, please, move on to the next track. Please. Stephanie says, I'm going bananas. And here comes Michelle with her little tape recorder playing Baby Beluga. How is she not worn that tape out yet already? And the fact, okay, she's only playing this one song. It's like Joey got her hooked on that song. She does not want to move forward to the next one. You know that she's just, because Michelle comes in and she is just like one arm by the side of the chair and just kind of watching everyone's reaction. Like she's doing it on purpose just to see everyone's reaction. Like, let's see how far I can. Or maybe it could be like, hey, it's her like security blanket like oh this song just really you know helps me and everything like that and it's my comfort and but I don't know it could be either either of those two things to me or it could be none of those things so Stephanie levels with Joey and says Joey you gave her that tape you take it away like enough's enough oh yeah Joey gets <laughs> Joey gets up and says hey Michelle what do you say we uh, fast forward to this this thing to another song, huh? And, oh, yeah. And he goes to reach for the tape recorder, and she pulls it back. I'm like, no. She's like three years old, but still. And, of course, Joey tries to, like, look, baby Beluga's tired. He, he needs a nap. Oh, and when he reaches for it again, Michelle, three years old, full-on manipulating him as she says, don't make me cry. Like, she, yes, at three years old, she is full-on manipulating him. Like, oh, I'm gonna cry if you take this away from me. We don't want that to happen, do we, Joey? And then she runs out of the room. Like, she's out of the room at least. Okay, go play that. I would, like, sweetie... Please go play that somewhere else. In your room, in the basement, Joey's basement apartment, out in the backyard, bathroom, somewhere anywhere. Your your own bedroom, wherever. Out on the on the front porch out there for all the people walking their dogs and people like jogging. They might want to hear some baby beluga. Joey's just like, well, you know, <laughs> I tried. Somebody do something. It's been one solo week of baby beluga. I'm going bananas. <laughs> Joey, you gave me that tape. You take it away. Michelle, what do you say we fast forward this thing to another song, huh? No. Baby Beluga's tired. He needs a nap. 
DJ standing on the landing of the stairs. <clears throat> How do I look? And Joey, Jesse, and Dan Danny is right at the head there with the camcorder aimed at DJ. And Danny's like, oh, you look great. And then DJ's like, Dad, do you have to tape everything? DJ, please, yours firstborn. These things will only happen once in your life. There's only a one set of firsts in your in your life. Granted, I'm sure she's probably been to a dance prior to this, but it's her first one where she's going on a date with her guy. And Danny relents, like, oh, okay, okay, I'll stop, honey. And DJ's like, well, well wait, well, maybe a few more seconds. I mean, I'm having a really great hair night, uh, hair day. <laughs> this is funny. The door rings, of course, and Sammy's like, oh, I'll get it. And DJ's like, oh, that's Kevin. Wait, wait, wait. Let me uh, pose here against the back of the chair. This reminded me of, I think it's the, was it the New Year's episode? Where I guess Matt was coming, you know, in Fuller House. And DJ, every time the doorbell rang, she'd like get herself into, you know, posing position in front of the door by the, the chair there. It just, that's exactly what that made me think of just now. I'm like, yes, just add, like, 30 years. <laughs> so, no, it's not Kevin, it's Kimmy. Uh, I don't like what she's wearing. Um, It's like a maroon jacket with a orangey-yellow turtleneck and a red, yellow, split down the middle skirt? I don't know. I'm not feeling it. I'm just, wait, well, she's still in the darkened doorway. Hold on. Oh, okay, so what did, okay, so the skirt is actually three different colors. Top, of course, is like, um, like a navy-ish blue, royal-ish blue, I don't know. Um, and just to the bottom left is going to be like a kind of a harvest gold, and then on the other side of that is kind of a burgundy ish red so she's like hey neighbors hi camera and he, she's a uh, kimmy immediately goes into i got the right stuff oh 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 of course danny cuts her i'm like uh, uh kimmy i gotta save the batteries for later these are very expensive batteries thank you and of course, Kimmy brings along bad news. Dog face broke up. Well, I'm not surprised. See, this is what you get when you get high school bands. Non-committal high school bands. I'm sure there are other high school bands out there that are better, that are committed. When they sign an agreement, when they sign, when they make a commitment, they stick to that agreement. They stick to it and they show up. Dogface didn't because Dogface probably has never, ever played in front of an audience. And, yeah, this just proves it. So, yeah, it looks like they don't have a band anymore. And DJ says, hey, come in. Uh, DJ says, this is terrible. You know, I promised we'd have a great band. You hadn't even heard them. You don't even know if they were going to sound good or not. You're just going based on, oh, they're in high school. I mean, 
we'll, I'm sure they'll play some covers in some original music. I mean, they could be singing. I mean, you're, you're thinking of stuff you want to dance to, right? You dance to New Kids on the Block, Paula Abdul, Janet Jackson, all that hoopla poopla. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can dance to metal. I don't know what these, this dog face, I don't know what they play. Or played, because they don't play anything together anymore, because they're not together. <laughs> See, this is why you don't make promises that you don't know if you, I mean, if the band can't keep the promise, how are you keeping the promise to the people that are coming to this? See, this is why you need a committee, an organization, a group of students. Don't just, she, DJ clearly is one that she takes all this upon her shoulders and no, 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 I don't need help. I will take care of this myself. I got this. I got Kimmy with me. It'll be fine. You all just show up. That's your job. You just show up and we will provide everything. You don't have to worry about anything. The thing is, is they end up trying to find, you know, no one out. Everyone's busy. Apparently they can't find a last minute band replacement. So Yeah. Who's the magician? Ma magician, yes, he's the magician. Musician in the house, Jesse. Like, hey, you're the closest thing we know to a real uh, musician. Can you um, grab your band? I mean, I'm, it's Friday night. I'm sure they're not doing anything. And he's like, Deej, I mean, as much as I would love to help you out, I can't get my band together this short of notice. I mean, Gary has another job. He's got his so-and-so's got a wife and kids. They're on vacation. Uh, blah, blah, blah. He's in college. I don't know. And DJ even goes to the fact of thinking that people are going to hate her because she promised them something she couldn't deliver on. Here's the thing. You guys all pretty much like the same music, right? Great. Why don't you just listen to what you know? Mixtapes. Everyone brings in a tape from their favorite artist, and we'll just play the, the, the music on the tape player or whatever. Boom. There's your, you solved the problem. You don't have to go with someone you've never even heard of whose music you don't even know you're going to like or not. So, yeah, he pretty much just says, as much as I would love to help you out, I would help you out, but I can't get them, my band together this late I notice. Everyone's got a, lives outside of Jesse and the Rippers. Families. Jobs. So, DJ says, okay, well, forget your band. What if I can get you a backup band and we just use, like, you, since, you know, you're the lead singer anyway? And then she thinks on it for a split second. Ooh, I know who I can get. They're hot. Why would Jesse care if they're hot or not? Just, they're a band. I mean, he hasn't even fully committed to saying that he would help her. Like, I would love to help you, but... And then she's like, well, oh, you need a band? Oh, I can think of a band. I got one for you, but promise you'll be there. Of course, one of Jesse's favorite catchphrases... All right, I'm there for you, babe. Actually, I'm there for you, babe, was um the name of a season two episode. That's right. Jesse turns 26 and takes on so many commitments, much like DJ does. Taking on a commitment that is a lot for her to handle. But in the end, they somehow both succeed. So, Kevin, adorable, sweet, sweet Kevin. 
sorry. My teenage self is crushing hard on this boy. Oh my goodness. I love the sweet, sweet, adorable. See, I was all about the quiet types. That's the kind, I like the quiet types. So, of course, he's like, oh, hello, because, you know, the door's open. And Danny's like, Kevin, uh, look, I missed your uh, your entrance. Could you uh, go back out and come back in again? And he's kind of like, what? So DJ cuts him, like, Dad, come on, seriously. Kevin's mom's out in the car, okay? Uh, she's got stuff to do tonight, too, so. And she also says, oh, Dad, don't follow us out to the car. Thank you. So, yeah, Kevin, uh, DJ, of course, is wearing uh, an all-black uh, outfit, a uh, black jacket with a, uh, with a, um, I don't know what you would even call it. It's, it's not a dress. It's just like a, like a, like a pantsuit kind of thing with a black jacket. It's all black, mainly, with a little bit of gold. But anyway, I want to focus on Kevin because, you know, he's a sweetheart. And he is wearing blue jeans that have big pockets on them. He's wearing a black, almost kind of, it's like, it's not acid wash, I don't think. But it is in a way, because it's, it's like a black jean jacket. But it's got like, like brownish, grayish looking like, it got uh, messed up in the wash type uh, big giant splotches on it, but it really suits him. I love how his hair is shorter. It's not as long. It's nice little side part there. Adorable. I love it. He is a sweetheart. I really wish we could have seen more, to him, more of him. Ah, oh, I love it here. See, he, <laughs> DJ's already out the door, and Kevin looks down at Stephanie and says, thanks for asking me out, Steph. And Stephanie says, oh, yeah, any little brothers like you at home? <laughs> she wishes. I love how he, like, looks like, what? Uh, I'm so... <laughs> so Kimmy's like, adios, Tanners. Oh, Jesse, be there by seven. And apparently the gig paid, well, it paid... $50, you know, for the band, but, you know, since it's just you and you don't have a whole band, you only get 20 Okay, okay, um, actually, so, let me correct on Kimmy's outfit, because now we're seeing it in the full, full light. It's mustard yellow turtleneck, big, tur big, like, like, turtleneck neck, really wide. Um, and then she's got, it almost, it looks like something like a plum velvet jacket, something almost like Prince, it almost looks like something Prince would, Prince would wear, you know, the, the singer, you know, Prince, yeah, him, he, um, it just looks like something that he would wear, but anyway, anyway, yeah point in season three she is definitely known for her kookyish outfits and even as the seasons go on she gets older the outfits get more more wacky okay here comes michelle again with the baby beluga she's like everybody sing and she's like hey i gotta go get ready for this band and everyone else is like i got other things going on so 
Yeah, I don't have time to listen to Baby Beluga again. Is it though? Now. <laughs> Hi neighbors. Hi camera. I got the rat stuff. I gotta save the batteries for later. <laughs> DJ, bad news. We don't have a band. Dog I don't think you ever had that. a band. <laughs> this is terrible. I promised we'd have a great band. Everybody's gonna hate me. featuring dog face like well dog face is in here so <laughs> rip that part off no one's really paying attention anyone everyone's kind of just mingling and then jesse who's kind of queuing up you know warming up on stage and he's like hey deej is your backup band gonna show up or what why does that honestly i don't understand why you really would even need a band just play solo just play covers like you do and she, of course, comes up to the stage and says, they'll be here, don't worry. And just remember, though, you promise to play no matter what. And Jesse's like, yeah, I have a feeling I'm going to be earning my $20 tonight. <laughs> so I do recognize this guy. He is the principal. So we do have some adult chaperones. It's not just Jesse there being the only adult. Like, oh, I have to sing and be a chaperone? I don't think so, no. Because I remember the blonde-haired man comes in later on being, you know, he's the principal and everything like that. And then it looks like there's probably a couple teachers. No one's really dancing. I mean, there's no music playing or no one's dancing to the music in their head or anything like that. So, you know, it's not like the principal goes over to DJ and like, hey, DJ, Thank you so much for putting this on. You did a really terrific job. Well, I mean, maybe he did say that. We just, we didn't see it ourselves, but let's just say that it did happen. I mean, come on. She really, that was an undertaking. Oh, yeah. Kimmy's hanging out with Kathy Santoni. DJ comes up and is like, so, Kathy, who did you bring to the dance? And apparently she couldn't pick. So she's like, uh, him, him, and him over there. Okay, well, 
It was girls ask guys. You know, Kimmy asked a million dollar question. Oh, where'd Kevin go? I'm like, yeah, he is your date. You did invite him. But of course, Kevin, we know from 13 Candles, you know, he's shy. He's not about the mingling. He's nervous, all that stuff. So, oh yeah, he's over by the punch bowl. So, yeah, he smiles at her, and she's like, oh, Kevin, come over here. Like, come out, come, come hang out with me and Kimmy and, you know, Kathy Santoni for my birthday party. And he's like, he starts to walk over, but then he stops, you know, because of shyness and nerves, I'm sure. He's like, oh, um, I'm going to go get some punch. You want me? And, of course, she holds up her little solo cup. I'm like, yeah, uh, already taken care of. Okay, so we have... What are their names? Sam and the is the kid with the acid washed white jean jacket, and then he's wearing like a blue and black striped shirt underneath. And then we got a kid who's got some type of swagger deal going on. His pants are pretty much the same acid washed, you know, white jean pants as. Sam's shirt. At least I think his name is Sam. Because I remember that from watching the episode, that one kid with the glasses and the dark hair, dark complexion, his name's Sam. And then, of course, redheaded mullet boy. I'm not sure what his name is, but we'll find out eventually. So he's like, hey, Kevin, who asked you here? And Kevin's like, uh, DJ. And then Sam's like, so how come your babe's not here? <sighs> babe, really, kid? And Kevin, of course, is like, she's busy talking. She knows everybody. I'm not good at that. Man, you don't gotta be good at that. Just hang out, man. Just, you don't gotta say anything. Just, you know, mumble a couple words if she, you know, steers the conversation in your direction. She's not asking you to just, like, mingle around. Like, hey, let's go to these groups of kids and the... She's not asking you to do that, man. I get it. He's nervous. You know, he's still shy, which is understandable. These two kids, Sam and whatever the other ones, redheaded mullet boy, I don't know his name, but it's just like, I was just, for the last couple days, I've just been thinking about this. They are two kids, clearly, that they want to party. Like, the dance is lame. We're kind of doing our own thing in the hallway, drinking alone. Um, but the thing that I was thinking about is the fact, like, oh, here, we got a surprise for you, Kevin. And they both, like, put their arms around him and lead him out of the dance. But what I was kind of thinking about is just this reminds me of um, some of those kids in high school. You know the ones that, like, oh, they go to parties, they drink, whatever. But they'll be like, oh, we should get so-and-so. They're so quiet or they're so, you know, kind of like a little bit or something. We should get them, you know, we should take them drinking sometime and really loosen them up. It's like they're taking it upon themselves to quote-unquote help Kevin out. But the, th the thing is, I was just thinking about that, is the fact that, you know, those out there that like to party and are all like, well, one time in particular... I was at my aunt and uncle's house, and my cousin, who was in the same grade as me, 
you know, in high school, and he's like, oh, we should get so-and-so, and take, I should get so-and-so and take him to a party, that'd be funny to watch him, you know, get drunk or something like that, and I'm thinking, first of all, I knew the guy that they were talking about, I've known him since second grade, no way in the world would that person ever touch alcohol, ever, that I know of, but it's just like, I just, I don't understand it. Like, they think it's, like, a funny thing. Like, oh, let's get the, the quiet person. Let's go get them loaded with alcohol and see how funny they are. It's like, I, I, I don't like it. I don't. It's almost, to me, what Sam and the redheaded mullet boy, they're like predators. It's almost like they were in the wild and they're like lions and they're like stalking Kevin, who's a like a shy gazelle. And it's like, oh, they got their prey now. They're going to take him and do what I, I don't I don't like how they zero in on this kid and just like, oh, come on. We got a surprise for you. We're going to loosen you up like Gosh. Yeah, redheaded mullet boy's like, oh, you gotta loosen up, man. And then Sam comes and puts an arm around Kevin's neck, pats his stomach, like, come on, we got a little surprise for you, man. Like, oh, I don't like these kids. And is so shy and nervous that he's not willing, you know, he 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 can't stand up for himself. Otherwise, he's like, no, I don't want to do that. He's not. Okay, this kid, the redheaded mullet boy is wearing a red and black leather jacket that has a cobra. It has a cobra in a circle, and the cobra is, like, yellow. And then it says cobra in, in like, um, cursive underneath so I don't know I mean I'm immediately getting Cobra Kai vibes but I'm pretty sure that's not that so yeah um Sam takes the kid takes the kid takes Kevin and pulls him by the jacket and the three of them leave the gym the marching band and I'm guessing they had nothing else to do tonight it's like no this is a backwards dance if you don't have a date with you you can't get into the dance you have to have a date nobody is going to be 
going single to this thing. It's like, no. And luckily, like, oh, marching band. Oh, I bet anything. They were already, like, rehearsing and stuff like that. Like, they stayed after school. Like, oh, we got to rehearse. There's a big football game coming up. We got to be ready for it. So DJ's like, hmm, hey, you guys aren't really doing anything. You're rehearsing? Great. Then you can go and rehearse on stage and, you know, basically we'll call that a band. You can help out my uncle. And, yeah, they all file behind Jesse. And Jesse's looking at this like, uh, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for this. So he gets on that mic. He's like, DJ Tanner reported to the stage immediately. DJ hops up on stage. She's like, oh, great, the band's here. And Jesse's kind of mocking her. Like, oh, great, the band's here. This is a marching band. And she's like, yeah, and? <laughs> I did say a band. I didn't necessarily say it was a... <laughs> yeah, Jesse's pretty much about ready to say, you know what, I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. He says, unless we're playing on a float, I'm out of here. Yeah, and, and she reminds me, you promised. And he says, you promised a good backup band. And she's like, well, they're a band, and they're in back of you. <laughs> okay, let's not mince words here, Deej. Come on now, you know what he's saying. Honestly, what was Jessie expecting? She's going to just go find some... Like, startup band from her, her, out of the kids that go to her school. Like, hey, anyone starting a band? Anyone know anybody who has a band in junior high? Anybody? Anybody? Nobody? Oh, okay. Yeah, she says, they're good. They're a band and they're in back of you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Way to be technical. So, she says, come on, please, just give them a chance, please. Okay, so it looks like the Cougars, I'm guessing that's got to be the school's mascot. And I love how these kids, they're just grit, they're just smiling. Please, take a chance on us. We didn't have anything else to do tonight. And if we don't, if you don't, we'll end up having to go home because this is a dance and none of us have dates. Apparently that was DJ's condition. Like you can play, you can be at the dance, but you're going to be with the band. You're going to be playing for my uncle Jesse. And Jesse's like, uh, all right, look, I guess we can give this a shot, but just be forewarned. We are not spelling out the school name during our songs. Capiche? Thank you. I mean, honestly, think about it. This is better than when your family tried to help you out and that I'm there for you, babe. You know, when your band wasn't there because you double booked them, you know, that night at the Smash Club and Sam Battersby was going to review your band and the family stepped in and helped you out even though they weren't that great. So DJ hops on the mic to kind of let everyone know what's going on. Hey there, everyone. Now, as you might have noticed, this is not Dogface. And I love how Jesse's, like, bringing everyone in like it's a huddle. And DJ says, but let's give a big Vanana Junior High welcome to... And she turns to Jesse, and he looks at her like, no, no, no names, no. <laughs> I don't want to be affiliated with this anyway. <laughs> 
<coughs> Sorry about that, everyone. So I love how DJ just kind of rolls with it and says, the no names. <laughs> so Jesse gets on the mic and is like, hey, how's everyone doing? You feeling all right out there? And they're all like, yeah. And Jesse is just like, yeah, we'll take care of that. <laughs> this is not going to be good. Your mood's going to turn sour in just a hot minute. Uh, Jesse's going to sing Wild Thing. Not the one by uh, Tone Loke, but the other Wild Thing song. And, you know, when he starts strumming that guitar, the kids are into it. And then here comes Mr. Cymbals, Mr. Guy on the Cymbals here. And Jesse's just like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, I forgot. The marching band's behind me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is not... He's got this look on his face like, oh, my gosh, what did I agree to? <laughs> he's already having regrets. DJ <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> DJ Kimmy and Kathy are all like... Even Kimmy's got this look on her face like, ew. The other kids are like, oh, gross. I should have stayed home and watched TGIF. All the boys that are, like, all the boys are hanging out by the uh, the punch bowl. Because, you know, some, the, you gotta look at these kids here, man. Because uh, these kids, they are a smattering of 13 to 16 years old. I mean, I don't know whether it goes from, like, 7th grade all the way up to high school or, or however, because DJ eventually does go to Bayview. You know, right now she's at Vanana because it's Vanana Junior High. So maybe it goes up, what, 7, 8, and ninth grade, and then maybe high school is 10, 11, and 12. I mean, for me, Junior High, or as I refer to it, middle school ended at 8th grade, and then high school was 9 through 12. Kids are literally filing towards the door, like, I'm going to go home and watch, I'm going to go play board games with my parents or something. This dance sucks. It's not good. <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm in a football game in high school. They don't have dates. So for them to feel included. Alright. But let's get one thing straight. We're not spelling out the school name during our songs. Alright. Now, as you might have guessed, this is not dog face. Well, of course not. Hey, I think there's a T. Is there a T? You feeling all right out there? Yeah! We'll take care of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Ew. changed his tune. He's really gotten into the marching band. He's doing his duck walking across the stage with his guitar. He's wearing one of the marching band hats. I think it's the one of the I don't know if that's a snare drum. I'm not sure what it but I guess the one on the end he loaned his hat to Jesse because Jesse's he is all in to the marching band. And here come DJ and Kimmy through that same set of double doors that that Kevin and Sam and red-headed mullet boy came, went through. But they have a, a double tape stereo, which honestly, this should have been the route they went with anyway. Just playing music, hugging it up to some speakers, and just playing, you know, tapes, mixtapes. Everyone bring a tape from home, your favorite tape, and we'll play it. Maybe. <laughs> if there's time. So, yeah, okay, so there's the other half of the student body of this dance on the, okay. Because for, we were seeing, like, the center of the gym, there's, like, nobody there. Of course, nobody's dancing. And a, hand, a little smattering of students on the left side. And then we got a good chunk of the other students that have, I guess, filed back in. They all took a bathroom break, apparently, at the same time. So DJ's got to cut this. Like, okay, okay. Stop, 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 stop. Uncle Jesse, it's over. Be done. We're done. We got a stereo. Please, you can go home. Here's, here's, here's $30 if you leave right now. Ten more dollars than you were originally going to get tonight. Everyone shipped in a buck so that way we could get you out of here. <laughs> yeah, she says, Uncle Jesse, you can stop now. We found a stereo. It was probably in the music room. Or in the art room, the art teacher probably plays it to decompress. Or maybe for, you know, the kids like, hey, bring in your favorite music. Appropriate, of course. We'll play it during free art time or something like that so yeah jesse is so into this he's like come on dj it's our, it's our big finish stars and stripes forever and dj is like uncle jesse it's over it's like girl you wanted him you begged him to do this lighten up okay 
I don't remember this from the times I watched this on reruns. He says, all right, rehearsal, my house, Saturday. Great job, kids. Most people don't think they're in college, Marky Man. So, okay, here's where the setup of the seriousness comes in. Kimmy, if DJ's asking around for Kevin. Finally, she's like wondering where Kevin ran off to or walked off to. Like, have you seen Kevin? And Kimmy's like, yeah, last time I saw him, he's out in the hall. And DJ kind of surmises, like, oh, well, he's probably hiding from the band. I'm like, I don't think that's it. I really don't. DJ says, I'll tell him it's safe to come back in. So, yes, we do have the three kids sucking down the, oh, the four, the three Guys, you know, Kevin included, they are all, they're on the small side. So the fact, I don't know how many beers they've had, whether it's just the one, but I can't say that it would take much to get them, you know, loaded or under the influence. Kevin's got the giggles. He's drinking that giggle juice. <laughs> he's drinking, he's like... <laughs> Oh my goodness. Alright, Mr. Redheaded Mullet Boy decides to go for a second beer. Oh my god. Yeah, kid, yeah, these kids are dumb. They really honestly are. And I just, I thought, I don't know. Like, I mean, I kind of lose a little respect for Kevin here just because, I mean, I know he's shy. He can't stand up to peer pressure, apparently. Immediately as DJ makes her presence known in the hallway, the boys take their cans of beer and hide them inside their jackets. She says, oh, Kevin. And he's like, oh, hey, DJ. Yeah, he says, oh, just hanging out. He's got a smile on his face. He's got confidence that the beer apparently is giving him this confidence. Red-headed mullet boys all like, oh, the dance was lame, so we started our own party. In the school hallway. Oh, yeah, apparently someone's locker is, it says, don't touch, off limits. Yeah, I'm sure there's a reason for that. DJ immediately is like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And she pulls open Kevin's jacket, and to her surprise, the fact that she sees him with a can there. And she's like, you're drinking beer? It's almost like, you know, this is a side of Kevin she's never seen before. The fact that it's like, you know, I thought better of you, Kevin. You normally, you know, a, a sweet guy. But to see him, it's like, it just seems like such a betrayal there in a way. And he says, yeah, it tastes horrible. Want some? So, yeah, he's a little bit goofy tipsy here. This his confidence is causing him to uh, not use his head. The fact that he would think that DJ w would want some. <laughs> the way that he holds it out to her, like, oh, want some? Like, 
Like, he thinks that she's going to partake in that. And she looks at him like, what is wrong with you? She's like, yeah, no, I don't want some. And she looks at Kevin and Sam and redheaded mullet boy and says, you guys aren't supposed to be drinking beer. The fact that, I mean, they, they are in sight of anyone who's walking through those double doors from the gymnasium into the hallway. It's like, you kids are really, really risking a lot. I'm surprised that they didn't, I mean, if they took this little party, you know, into the boys' bathroom or something like that. But, I mean, they are really being risky with just being right out in the open. I mean, I'm sure this isn't Sam and Redheaded Mullet Boy's first rodeo with alcohol, but with Kevin, it definitely is. And I'm just kind of thinking about when Kimmy, you know, in season eight, when they, DJ and Kimmy go to that frat party, and she was, was, afterwards, she says, you know, I thought the alcohol, you know, would loosen me up, make me cooler. I'm just thinking that, you know, Kevin also, he does have low self-confidence, and he probably thinks maybe DJ will like me more if I'm more confident and more loose and less quiet would be my guess anyway i mean and they probably even brought kevin out into the hallway with the problem you know we're gonna make her like you more you want that don't you you like dj so yeah just drink this and she will like you a lot more you won't be quiet kevin you'll be fun and exciting kevin and this, oh my goodness, redheaded mullet boy. It's like, oh, we're just having some fun. Try it. As he's shaking the can and he's aiming it downward. So basically when he pops that top off, just going to explode right on the front of her dress. Or, well, it's not a dress. It's more like a pant, like a black pantsuit. Yeah. He, redheaded mullet boy sprays the, the front of DJ's outfit with beer. And she's like, hey, cut it out. And Kevin immediately sobers up. He's like, hey, you didn't have to do that. So, of course, he makes himself scared. like, I'll go get you some paper towels. I, I, man, I, I, I get your heart's in the right place with that, but paper towel is not going to stop up that beer. So, yeah, Kevin excuses himself to get some paper towels for DJ. DJ steps closer to the guy. She is not scared. She's not threatened by them at all. She just asks them, why don't you guys just get out of here? You're not at the dance, so there really is no reason for you to be hanging out in a hallway drinking beer. So, of course, redheaded mullety boys are like, you are so uncool. And the thing is, neither of these boys sound buzzed at all after, I mean, this could, redheaded mullet boy's working on his second beer, and it's like he is not buzzed or anything. Basically, the attitudes they walked out of the gym with are the attitudes they have while they're drinking. This alcohol is not affecting them at all. But I, I mean, like I said, these boys, Sam and redheaded mullety boy, no way are they first-timers to alcohol. They are not strangers to this stuff. 
And instead of DJ just walking away and just getting an adult say, hey, there's some boys drinking in the hallway, you know, tattling, whatever. She takes it a step too far. She's like, oh, and you think you're cool? She takes the can from Redheaded Mullity Boy and says, oh, the dance was lame. Now we're having a party. And, of course, who happens to walk out into the hallway while she's basically mocking these two boys? Uncle Jesse. So, of course... He doesn't get sarcasm. Well, he's seeing this from behind. He's not noticing the tone of her voice. He reacts so quickly. It's like zeroes in on the fact that she's holding a can of beer and just jumps on that. Oh, before she even utters the words, the dance was lame, we see Sam tuck that beer right inside his jacket. Because DJ's holding redheaded Melody Boy's beer, and Jesse is like, he's not even completely all the way. He's like got one, his back foot's in the gymnasium, his other foot steps into the hallway. So, yeah, oh, yeah, because he sees another adult, he's like, forget it, DJ, we don't want any beer. The other one says, yeah, we're only 13, and she kind of looks at them like, what are you talking about? And, of course, here comes Uncle Jesse. Yeah, he looks at her and says, DJ Tanner. And she turns around surprised to see him there. He's like, oh, Uncle Jesse. It's almost like she's going to tell him what happened. And he cuts her off and says, you're in big, big trouble, young lady. I sweat. The look on her face when she looks at the can, it's almost like she forgot she was holding it. And then she looks at it and realization dawns on her face, like in an instant, like, oh, shit. Shoot. Kevin! Hey, DJ. What are you doing out here? Just hanging out. The dance is lame, so we started our own party. You're drinking beer? Yeah. He's horrible. Want some? No, I don't want some. You guys aren't supposed to be drinking beer. Big deal! We're just having some fun. Try it. <gasps> Cut it out! You didn't have to do that. Look, I'm sorry, DJ. I'll go get some paper towels. <coughs> Why don't you guys just get out of here? You are so uncool. Oh, and you think you're cool? The dance was lame. Now we're having a party. Forget it, DJ. We don't want any beer. Yeah, we're only 13. DJ Tanner. Uncle Jesse. You're in big, big trouble, young lady. So, of course, yes, we come back from commercial, and DJ's explaining herself. She says, Uncle Jesse, I didn't do anything. And he's like, oh, yeah, then what's this? And he pulls the can out of her hand and says, oh, what's this? And she says, it's beer, but, and he's like, yeah, what, are you going to tell me next that you weren't drinking it? I can smell it on you. Like, how about you smell her breath? That is the thing, he jumps to conclusion, yes, of course, guilty until proven innocent, or however. It just, yeah, he jumps to conclusions, just, I mean, if he had gotten there 
a few minutes before and seen everything go down. That would be one thing, but he wasn't there. And DJ says, those guys were the ones drinking. I was trying to stop them. So Jesse doesn't want to hear it. He says, save it. I saw the whole thing. Come on, you're going home. I'd be like, no, you did not see the whole thing. Otherwise, you would have seen me take the can from that kid and tell him what an idiot he's being. So don't come in here and tell me that you saw the whole thing. Because if you'd have seen the whole thing, you would have been out here five minutes earlier. Of course, he takes DJ by the arm and escorts her out the double doors. Of course, before they go through them, here comes Kimmy asking, DJ, where are you going? And Jesse looks at her and says, home. She doesn't feel very well. Uncle Jesse, I didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, then what's this? It's beer, but... Come on, well, you gonna tell me you weren't drinking it? I can smell it all over you. Those guys were the ones drinking. I was trying to stop them. All right, save it. You saw the whole thing. Come on, you're going home. Uncle Jesse? DJ, where are you going? Home. She doesn't feel well. Well, uh, yeah, now we're back at home in Michelle's room. She's hanging out listening to Baby Beluga for the bazillionth time. And she's going to learn a hard, hard lesson about, uh, cassette tapes and what happens when you play them over and over and over again. That, uh, yeah, just like my childhood VCR that ate our, you know, VHS tapes. This, uh tape recorder here has had enough of Baby Beluga too because <laughs> and she looks down she's like Baby Beluga are you sick because yeah the tape is basically being eaten by that recorder it's like enough's enough I can't take it anymore even Raffi's getting tired and he's singing the song he pulls the tape out and just as she's pulling the tape out of the cassette player you just see this tape just unraveling. It's like, oh my goodness. So if you're like me and you grew up in the, uh, you know, 80s and 90s, the one way to fix a tape, although I think the tape players had it. I mean, I wouldn't trust it with any cassette tapes after that. I would be very, very weary of using that again my own paranoia but no simple thing as long as she doesn't i mean it's not like she yanked the cassette tape out where the tape is now ripped or broken or shredded or anything and it's in, it's basically done no you take a pencil or a pen mainly a pencil and you turn it in the little uh little uh, hole thing there and you'll see the tape like start to get Wound back into it, and bing, bang, boom. Well, I mean, it's probably going to be crinkly during that Baby Beluga song, but I'm sure the songs afterwards and before are not going to be affected. So she's like, help, help, help. And they run, Joey and <laughs> Danny and Stephanie all run in. Yeah, Danny says, oh, honey, what's wrong? And Michelle says, baby beluga is broken. And Joey's like, oh, I'll fix it. And immediately Stephanie and Danny are just, uh, they grab his arms. Like, mm, no, no, you're, you're not doing that. <laughs> Even when she says this, baby beluga is broken. Stephanie, not hiding the smile on her face, is like, really? 
Joey says, well, maybe I can fix it. Stephanie grabs Joey by the arm and Danny also grabs him by the arm while, you know, Danny's sitting on the bed. Like, no, no, no. So Michelle, of course, is going to throw a little three-year-old temper tantrum. I want baby beluga. I want baby beluga. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. And they do the same rendition minus the water fountain <laughs> effect with Joey. Okay, okay, okay. Oh my goodness, here we go. Yeah, they are just, they're done with, they're over it. Like, baby, belong in the name of And Michelle can tell they're not putting their all and their heart into it. Because she's like, stop! Sing it nicely. Sing it happily. Like, they four smiles on their faces. Baby blue gives the <laughs> oh, oh my god, the torture, I tell ya. She says, sing it nicely. Oh she can even tell they're not putting their all into it. Like, no, no, no. No half attempts. I want a full, wholehearted attempt. I want a Broadway attempt. Give me Baby Beluga Broadway style. Baby Beluga. Baby Beluga, you sick? Put so much emphasis. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> baby Beluga. I want Baby I can ima only imagine how that car ride from the school to home was with DJ and Jesse because they practically pull each other out of the way as they're coming in the house. And she says, I'm talking to him first. And Jesse's like, no, I'm talking to him first. I'm like, no, I am because you don't know the whole story. You weren't there. You did not see the whole thing. Jesse. She even says to him, you don't, no, I am. You don't know the whole story. And then here comes Danny saying, oh, what, what's going on here? And she immediately jumps right into it. She says, I was not drinking beer. And Danny is like, almost like, excuse me? You were not drinking what? And here comes Jesse with saying like, Danny, I saw the whole thing. She had a beer in her hand. She was talking about partying. I'd be like, no. I wasn't. You didn't see those other kids there? Don't tell me you didn't because they were there. Yes. DJ says the other kids were drinking. I was telling them how stupid they look, which DJ, you didn't need to do that. All you had to do was just say, okay, excuse me, go in there, get the principal because I saw him in there and just say, I know, yes, she'd probably be labeled a snitch, whatever. But just say, there's some boys drinking beer. I think you need to go check on that. Even though, yes, she'd be getting her boyfriend 
love interest, whatever, in trouble, but them's the brights. Because, I mean, she, I mean, I understand why she's like, oh, yeah, you think you're so cool. Oh, give me that beer. <laughs> the dance name. Now we're having a party. You looked. She's. Yeah, I get why she would want to. You know, cause here they come along spraying beer on her, calling her uncool. What? Because she's not drinking? Because she doesn't feel the need to drink an illegal substance to have a good time? I'd be expelling those kids. I would expel. Spell all three of them. Even Kevin. I'm sorry, Kevin. I mean, you're a sweet boy. <clears throat> but you really need, I mean, I get it, peer pressure. Yes, people have been, you know, pressured by, you know. And even Joey even says, you know, I get it. It's hard to go against the crowd when everyone's doing it. Everyone what? I'd be like, yeah. You want to stand out here by yourselves in an empty hallway and drink beer instead of going to this dance. Lame as it is, I get it. You could have stayed home and drank in your garage or your basement. I mean, you didn't have to bring that garbage in there. I mean, these kids are honestly heading, those two boys, Sam and Mulledy Boy, are headed down a dangerous road. Like I said, clearly it's not their first rodeo with beer. But that is something that even Jesse's going to say later. It's like, you think you got it under control, and it turns out you don't. And it just it could lead to a life of regret and hurt and just dangerous, you know, beer, dangerous consequences. And I even understand, and the fact, yeah, now I'm, excuse me, thinking about it, the fact that we learn in season eight, her mother was killed by a drunk driver. You think she's ever going to touch alcohol? I mean, granted, yes, in Fuller House, she's an adult, she's drinking wine, but she's not drinking to the point of accession, and Joey, yeah, Joey comes in here with saying, like, hey, Deej, we all make mistakes, all right? We know how hard it is when other kids are drinking and they offer you a drink. I'd be like, Joey, that is not even what this is about. It has nothing to do with me being peer pressured. Yeah, and the fact that they clearly already have this talk with her, she says, I know drinking is wrong. We already had this talk. And I'm thinking, I can imagine they did because, you know, her mother was killed by a drunk driver. I, I'm sure, you know, that is a talk that it's, Danny's probably like, all right, well, let's see. Well, you're getting to be, you know, 13 now. There's talks we need to have, important talks about, you know, alcohol and, 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 and drugs. DJ, you're a good kid, but even good kids, sometimes things can happen. You're, you're tempted and everything. And, you know, peer pressure jumps in and everything like that. You know, all those TV movies, movies of the week and everything, um, you know, that deal with teens that are, you know, pressured and sometimes they can't stand up to it and stuff like that. And she says, that's why I didn't do it. 
I mean, even if they didn't have that talk, I can't see her doing that, because that's not the DJ character. And she's really trying to make them understand, like, I'm telling you the truth, and then here comes Jesse with, oh, like, your whole thing about the homework and that backup band. I'd be like, first of all, those are two separate incidences that are not even remotely in the same category. You're comparing drinking beer and being tempted in peer pressure to drink beer over lying about not starting your homework or this whole backup band business. Jesse, come on. You could even call this, you know, apples to oranges because they're just so not even remotely close to being compared to. And it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and she starts walking towards Jesse and says, that was totally different. Danny the whole time's got his hands on his hips, kind of like, where is she coming from? Where is this? Because I don't think that DJ's ever been this forthright about something that she's being accused of doing when she clearly hasn't. And Danny's, you know, later he's going to kind of equate this all to, oh, her, her being a teenager and emotion, high emotions and this and that. But she turns to Danny for support, saying, you believe me, don't you, Dad? And Danny's like, well, I mean, I would like to believe you, but you do smell like beer. Jack, her breath. They keep like, oh, you smell like it. Did none of you decide, wait, hey, come here. I mean... Okay, yeah, no, but I mean, come on. If she were drinking a beer, you would smell that on her breath. And she even goes through the fact that after Danny says, well, you do smell like beer. And she says, somebody spilled it on me. What, what, what was Kevin doing? Yeah, he was getting paper towels. How long does that take to do? Oh my goodness. Yeah. She says, someone spelled it on me, really? Danny doesn't even want to hear it. He's like, DJ, go to your room. I'm going to talk to Jesse and then to you. I mean, like, why even bother talking to me? Because you're not going to believe me anyway. You would, yeah, she even says, I can't believe you would take his side over believing your own daughter. Yeah, she starts walking away and says, this is so unfair. And then she whirls around on Danny and says, how can you take his side instead of believing your own daughter, your own flesh and blood? Like, Jesse's not even related to you by blood. He's related to you by our, my mother, who isn't even alive anymore. I mean, Danny is honestly jumping to conclusions. He could have sat them both down and said, okay, Jesse, you tell me what happened. Okay, DJ, I want you in your own words to tell me what happened. And I would have been like, okay, Jesse, you say you saw the whole thing. Okay. Well, she's telling me this whole other thing that happened prior to you even walking into the hallway. I'd be like, Jesse, are you sure you're not just jumping to conclusions, jumping to assumptions? Because of what you, case in point, you see her with a beer in her hand, you jump to conclusions, you immediately assume, because she smells like beer, that she was drinking from that can. And the fact that that can wasn't even full, because redhead Melody Kid, like, sprayed the 90% of it on her outfit. 
drinking what? Danny, I saw the whole thing. She had a beer in her hand, she's waving around, she's talking about partying. The other kids were drinking. I was telling them how stupid they looked. Hey, Deej, everybody makes mistakes, and we know how hard it is when the other kids are drinking and they offer you a drink. I know drinking is wrong. We already had this talk. That's why I didn't do it. I'm telling you the truth. All right, like you were telling us the truth about your homework. You had nothing to do with this. Smell their breath. Someone spilled it on me, really. DJ, go to your room. I'm gonna talk to Jesse and then I'll come up and talk to you. This is so unfair. Yeah, just because he's an adult, you're gonna take his side? How could you take his side instead of believing your own daughter? Uh, apparently Baby Beluga has found its next victim in Stephanie because she is pulling her sheets down for bed and she's like, and then she like, oh, get out, stop, stop, stop it. And DJ, of course, is upset. She's to the point where she's now crying. Because she comes in and slams the door and leans against the back of it. it. It really does. It breaks my heart. The fact that she says, how could they do this? I was telling the truth. The fact, yeah, he just basically, he doesn't want to hear her side of it. He's like, no, go to your room, I'll talk to Jesse, and then I'll talk to you. I'd be like, what for? What is the point of that? You're only going to get his side of it, then you're going to basically listen to DJ, but not really listen to her and just say, well, your Uncle Jesse is the adult, but he says, I'm going to believe him over. I mean, come on, you're, he's not even, he's making a snap judgment just like Jesse was. And, oh, my God, I just, Candace does an amazing job here with just, she starts crying, like, I don't deserve to be treated this way. I didn't do anything. It's, like, guilty by association just because she was holding a beer and she was saying that, oh, it is lame, now we're having a party. It's like, come on, you know, DJ, she wouldn't do something like this. And Stephanie immediately believes her sister. She says, what didn't you do? Oh, I, I just, I want to give her a hug. She says, it doesn't matter. Nobody believes me anyway. Not Dad, not Joey, not Uncle Jesse. Not, oh my, I just, oh my goodness. And Stephanie goes over to her sister and in such a small voice says, I believe you, DJ. And DJ is just, oh, her eyes filled with tears. She turns and looks at Stephanie and says, you do? And Stephanie sits down next to DJ on her bed and says, of course you do. Of course I do. You're my big sister. And besides that, you were looking right in my eyes. Normally when you lie to me, you look at my forehead. But she says, when you lie, you look at the top of my head. And DJ says, thanks, Steph. And they hug. And it's just, oh, my heart. It's just, she's just, you know, she's being so good. And just to be just, it almost feels like, oh, I don't know. I, I get it. No, it's not so much a personal attack. It's just, Jesse. I think that with what we're going to learn later is the fact that he knows people. 
that have developed, you know, alcohol problems. And just, it scares him to think someone's starting so young and just, you know, that's a dangerous road. Like I said, that's a dangerous road. I don't think Kevin's ever going to touch alcohol again. <clears throat> At least while he's under the age of 21. Um, but the other boys, it's like, the fact that they feel like they have to do that, or they're doing it because to have a quote-unquote good time, because that's probably the influence that they probably are getting from their parents that probably do drink, and like, oh yeah, my dad drinks this all the time, or my mom does this all the time, and then they're really fun, and they laugh, and they <laughs> or something like that. I don't, you, I, I just, I just, I feel bad for DJ. And DJ kind of takes it upon herself. She says, I have to find a way for them to believe me. So now Danny and Jesse and Joey are all downstairs just kind of trying to figure out what's going on with DJ. This is the first time they've ever had to deal with something like this. And especially being that DJ is 13. I mean, they understand, you know, she's going to start going out with boys eventually. You know, dealing with curfew issues and just her being a teenager and knowing that, yes, some kids do get tempted. You know, whether it's, <clears throat> you know, peer pressure from other students, you know, I'm just thinking, uh, what was it? Uh, Fresh Prince did a really good episode about uh, the character Will, who... You know, he was on the basketball team, he was trying to keep up with his studies, he was trying to stay awake and everything. Someone offered him speed, which is um, a drug that's supposed to make you really energized. And his cousin Carlton ended up taking them because they were in his locker and Will's locker, and he thought they were, vi like, vitamin C. I guess Carlton had had a cold and thought, oh, these are vitamin C. He didn't. So he ended up taking it, taking some of the speed, thinking it was vitamin C, you know, at the dance and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, I mean, Will goes out and notices someone got into his pills. He hears the chanting, 
you know, of Carlton on the dance floor at the dance, and Carlton just, he's going, he's just dancing, just spinning like a top, and just, boom, he passes out, he winds up in the hospital, and ever and everything like that, and it's just, yeah, um, it was a really good episode, I haven't seen it in years, but, um, it was one that was done really, really well. Where everyone's kind of blaming Carlton, and it turns out, you know, they were Wills, and they're praising Will at first, and then Will comes clean and says, Carlton got the, the speed, he got it from my locker, and everything like that, and it's just, oh my gosh, when Will breaks down, just the idea that, you know, Carlton, Carlton could have died, you know, if he had taken too many, or something like that, and it's just like, oh, but yeah, it's just... The three of, you know, Danny and Jesse and Joey, it's like they're raising these girls and, you know, DJ is getting older. She's going to face issues and the guys as first-time parents and are trying to figure out, like, how do we deal with this? How do we approach the subject with her? Danny says, I can't believe this is happening. She's only 13 and she's such a good kid. That's a th Honestly, it just... There are no, you know, you can try to stereotype, like, oh, it's because they have a bad home life, and they're turning to alcohol, and this and that. It could literally happen to anyone. That person could be on the honor roll, they could be the top of their class, they could be doing community service and everything. It hits people, you know, maybe, you know. Kids sometimes feel pressure, like there's a lot of pressure, you know, school and, you know, from my parents and stuff like that. Like, that. you know, there are all different reasons as to why kids try alcohol. You know, maybe their friends are doing it. They're nervous, like, hey, I want to loosen up. I want to feel like the life of the party. All these plethora of reasons as to why some kids will try alcohol. Joey says exactly what I just said. He says, Danny, this could happen to any kid. He says, there's a lot of pressure on them to try drinking. And Jesse says, yeah, and it's not just from other kids that, you know, you get pressured from. You know, they can also get pressured sometimes from these celebrities, rock stars, people, these, you know, the kids look up to, these musicians, they're drinking, you know, advertisements on television. I don't do they even do that anymore? I can't really honestly remember the last time I saw an ad for alcohol and, and drinking and stuff like that. Unless it was talking about drinking and driving or, you know, making sure you're getting an Uber, getting a taxi or something like that. Or just saying what could happen if you've been drinking and you drive and you get pulled over and everything like that. But I really don't think that I've seen an ad for, you know, alcohol people in a bar or something like that. And usually it's just like, if you see an ad, it's usually, well, I mean, I saw something for, I don't know whether it was like Maker's Mark, that alcohol, or some type of bourbon or something commercial, but it's not showing people drinking and consuming alcohol. It's showing like the alcohol, the liquor being made and brewed and stuff like that and I mean yes this does feel a smidge after school special-ish in the way it, like they wanted to get their point across also as to 
ways that kids are influenced, not just their friends, you know, their peers, going to parties, being tempted that way. Also, it's on television, you know, um, radio commercials, it's just in the way that it makes drinking look like it's cool. And I honestly, I have never gotten the appeal. I really, I mean, yes, when I turned 21, I mean, I mainly drank like wine coolers and stuff, but I wasn't doing that all the time. It was just every once in a while. And to be honest, it's just, I didn't like the way that it made my mouth feel weird afterwards. So, but I just, I honestly really never fully acquired a taste for it. It's just as well. You know, I just, you know, I might have tried, like, a sip of beer, but it's just, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's gross. It tastes nasty. You know, I, I agree with Kevin where he's like, it tastes horrible. Like, I mean, it's just, I guess, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I just never really got into and I, I'm happy that I'm not. I'm think, I mean, I look at people that buy, like, a 24-pack or whatever, and I'm just thinking, in the back of my mind, I'm like, because I'm a reader. And I'm just thinking, for the money you spend on a 24-pack, you drink that stuff, it's gone. Your money's gone. You can get a couple of books for the same price or even a really good book and have it forever. I'm just, I would rather spend my money on something that I could use more than once, not some, you know, beverage that's going to make you feel regret or nausea the next day. Like, I just, I don't know. And I'm not trying to slam people that do drink. I'm just saying, if you are going to, just please be responsible. Just stay home if you're going to do it. Don't go out. Or if you do go out and you drink, you know, socially with, you know, just call somebody. Get a ride home. Don't get in your car and drink. Or after you've been drinking and think you're going to be able to make it. No, because things happen. Yeah, and Jesse says, you know, these rock stars and people that kids look up to, they're sending the wrong message to kids. They're making drinking look like it's cool. I mean, honestly, what's cool about throwing up? All night long and having a hangover the next day. Kimmy Gibbler learns that lesson in season eight. I'm just saying, I just, I don't get the appeal. Why do you drink to the point where you're going to not remember the night before? I just, I don't get it. Where is the fun in that exactly? I mean, I'm trying not to be, you know, judgy and stuff like that, but I just, I don't get the appeal. I don't get the appeal. That doesn't sound like fun for me puking all night long or not remembering what happened the night before or having a killer. I've had headaches because I've been getting over a cold. I can't see myself drinking something that's going to deliberately give me a headache. So it's almost like Jesse is taking this upon himself to direct Danny on how to approach this situation. He says, DJ's going to get the right message, okay, that there's no drinking, period. Yeah, and he, he he's all about, I say we go upstairs and lay down the law. 
And Danny's like, Jesse, wait a minute. Just, just sit down. It's like, Jesse, you're angry. You're upset. She's clearly coming from a place of personal experience when it comes to maybe he lost a good friend who developed a problem with drinking. And he's taken this to heart. Like, I don't want to see DJ go down that road. The fact that he's thinking he's going to punish DJ when you have not even heard or listened to what she had to say. You're just assuming that she's guilty because she had a beer in her hand. And Danny says, I think we need to find out why DJ did it. How about the fact that do you not think that there's a chance that she might not have? He's just immediately assuming because that's what Jesse saw. Like you're not even going to give your chance, your daughter a chance to tell her side of it. Uh, so he basically wants to, let's find out why she did it so we can decide the best way to help her. And Danny says, I just don't want her to be one of those kids who learns the hard way. Um, another episode that is really good of a show called Growing Pains in the season seven a new character was introduced, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, Luke Brower. It was assumed that he had developed a drinking problem when it turns out he was taking the alcohol, the wine that Jason Seaver, the father of the family, was collecting and, you know, drinking. Like, he really likes his wine. And due to past behavior from his Luke's home life... He was emptying the liquor. He was literally just dumping them down the, the drain because he was scared that Jason was going to turn abusive towards his family based on Luke's experience with his drunken stepfather. So they assumed because there were empty wine bottles in a bag, they thought this young man who Mike brought into the house had a drinking problem when in turn they're like hey, they immediately said like, oh we can help you I know I can get you in touch with centers for teens who drink and Luke says well then go find a teen who drinks and Mike says don't you know that stuff can kill you and of course Luke prior experience with his drunken stepfather who almost tried to kill him in a drunken rage and Luke says, you can't tell me anything about booze that I don't already know. It makes you stupid. It makes you sick. It makes you forget. It makes you hit people. And it's just, it, you can watch that episode. I mean, it's, I did, covered that on the Looking Back on My Wonder Years podcast. It, of course, is 18 and over. Um... But it's a very powerful episode. Leonardo DiCaprio does an amazing job. And it's just the fact that I'm just kind of comparing this to Danny, Jesse, and Joey just automatically assuming DJ drank, even though not. there. And, and he's even saying, like, oh, I think before we punish her, we need to hear why. Yeah, and he's just, he's making assumptions without even hearing the whole story. He's taking Jesse's side because Jesse is an adult. And Jesse's, he's just so forthright and just like, I saw the whole thing. I saw the whole thing. I saw her with a beer in her hand. Just, and, and, and DJ, it just, it feels like she's just kind of being shoved up against a wall in a way. 
you're more like being backed into a corner here and just not giving the opportunity to let her own voice be heard. There are two sides to this story. You're only allowing yourself, Danny, to hear one side of it. And it, it, I'm sure DJ does feel personally attacked by Jesse in a way from he's just making these outlandish allegations without knowing everything. Oh, Stephanie comes down and says, your attention, please. Whatever you think DJ did, I'm telling you right now, she didn't do. Yeah, she says, whatever it is you said DJ did, she did not do. And Joey asks, well, how do you know, Steph? And Stephanie says, because she was crying. Those were not, I'm in trouble tears. Those were, I really didn't do it tears. Oh my, Danny! The way that he gets out of his seat and says, I think we need to straighten this out right now. Don't, do not go up there and just start accusing her. It, it, it just, it seems like that's, oh my gosh. Why do they think she's lying to Stephanie? Like playing the victim? I mean, my gosh. And Stephanie, of course, tells him she's not upstairs. She went back with Kimmy's mom to set the record straight. She went back to the dance with Kimmy's mom to prove she's innocent. And of course now Danny's like, and now she's, yeah, now she's sneaking out of the house. What is going on with her? Oh, Jesse is the one that's like, now she's sneaking out of the house without telling us? It's like, dude, you are her uncle. You're not her father. I get it. You're a parental guardian, but even still. And Danny said, like, oh, what is going on with her? And, of course, Joey's like, hey, guys, look, just, I'll handle everything here, all right? You guys do what you got to do. I can't believe this is happening. She's only 13, and she's such a good kid. Danny, this could happen to any kid. There's there's a lot of pressure on them to try drinking. No, no, not just from other kids, from, you know, sometimes these celebrities and rock stars and people these kids look up to. I mean, they're, they're making drinking look cool. I mean, they're sending the wrong message to kids. Let me tell you something. DJ's going to get the right message, okay? She's got to know that there's no drinking, period. And I said, go upstairs and lay down the law. I say, you need to calm down, down. Jesse. I, I think it's not as simple as just punishing her. I think we have to find out why DJ did it so we can decide the best way to help her. <laughs> I just don't want her to be one of those kids who has to learn the hard way. Your attention, please. Whatever it is she said DJ did, she did not do. <laughs> How do you know, Steph? She was crying, and those were not I'm in trouble tears. Those were I really didn't do it tears. I think we have to straighten this out right now. Yep. She's not in her room. Where is she? She went back to the dance with Kimmy's mom to prove she's innocent. Oh, great. Now she sneaks out of the house without telling us? What is going on with her? Okay, guys, I'll handle everything here. Go ahead and take off. Thanks, Joy. All right, so Kimmy stayed behind so she could help clean up with a couple other girls. All right. And here comes DJ. And boy, does Kimmy have news. Like, basically, while you were gone, this all went down. Yeah, Kimmy says, DJ, you missed everything. Kevin and Paul and Sam got caught drinking. Okay, okay, so redhead and mullet boy is Sam. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so it looks like they're just going to be suspended from school. They're not going to be expelled or anything or put into a teen, you know, AA program or anything like that. 
Yeah, there's another episode that was done okay. It was an episode... Well, actually, no, there's at least... There's a couple of episodes of Different Strokes. There was one that deals with... Towards the very end of the show's run, deals with um, a classmate of Arnold's that brings, like, a thermos full of alcohol, and he's basically getting drunk in class. There is um, an episode, uh, yeah, I think it's like season maybe five? I don't think it's any later than that because there's only eight seasons of different strokes. Might be season five. I know it's something I'll eventually cover when I start working out more episodes of different strokes. Um, There's an episode where Willis, he and Philip Drummond we're always at odds with each other. They're always buttonheads all the time, whether it was how to take care of Arnold or whether it was Willis just wanting to kind of do his own thing. One in particular was he was going to a party and he was taking a, Willis was taking a duffel bag full of big liquor bottles and just thinking, it's fine, Kimberly. Okay, dad knows I'm, I'm a man. I can do stuff like this. When Philip, of course, is like, uh, no, you are not going to a party with alcohol, and you are not bringing this alcohol. You're not leaving the house with this. Willis, of course, <coughs> excuse me, takes it unto himself. He's like, well, I'm not going to live here then because I don't like your rules. And one of his classmates is a full-on alcoholic, lives on his own, in his own apartment. And sadly, Willis's classmate ends up getting into a, a car accident and dying. And that's just a, a rude awakening. Yeah, because Willis even moves in with his friend for a little bit. And then at the end of the episode, he ends up, I think he gets into a car accident, Willis does, with his friend. And sadly, his friend is killed. Um, another alcohol episode, Growing Pains, did with Matthew Perry from Friends playing Carol Seaver's boyfriend, who's in college. And they went out to a bar, he dropped her off, he had had too much to drink, and he got into an accident, and sadly he passed from internal bleeding on the inside, basically. I'm sorry to be, you know, graphic in that. But anyway, going back to this, you know, just, there's so many episodes that have been done in regards to alcohol, drugs, Punky Brewster did a really good one. Yeah, another drinking episode, one that Punky Brewster did was Beer and Buffaloes Don't Mix. I thought the episode was okay. It could, honestly, if I had knew how to write an episode, I probably would have wrote it a little bit better. But, uh, yeah. And DJ says, you know, I hate to say it, but they deserve it. DJ says, oh, your mom's waiting outside. I have to go find Kevin. And Kimmy points, oh, he's over there waiting for his parents. You might want to talk to him because you're probably not going to be able to talk to him for a very long time. You not see him for a long time, hence we will never see Kevin again. We don't know what happens to him. We don't know if his parents put him in a private school. We don't know any of that. So Kevin gets up and he approaches her. He says, hi. And she says, hi. You and I have to talk, Kevin. And she, she's straight with him. She says, my family thinks that I was drinking. And Kevin is like, oh, man. And she tells him, you got to tell my dad I'm innocent. 
I, I don't want to be taking the rap for what you did. And she even asked him, why did you have to go and drink anyway? Like, what's wrong with you? And we hear basically the lie they told Kevin. Those guys said it would loosen me up. I thought you'd have more fun with me. And DJ says, well, I didn't have fun with you tonight. I'd be like, first of all, you basically were MIA for the majority of the dance. I don't know where you went to. And then I find out that you're in a hallway with a couple other kids drinking. You just up, straight up abandoned me, basically. Kevin, what's up with that? I mean, I would have been like, Kevin, I already like you. I already have fun with you. You could have just hung out by my side and not said anything while I was talking to these, my two friends. And it would have been fine. Like, you don't have to feel pressured to be included in this. I mean, I'm not trying to put you on the spot and make you, you know, have conversations with people and stuff like that. Nah, she wouldn't have said, oh, you abandoned me. And like, like, yeah, Kevin, it's just, he's, he's just too shy to be able to stand up to those two boys I, just, I feel bad that he felt like that was the only way that she would like him, as if he loosened up and he wasn't so quiet. And she says, I had fun with the old Kevin. Remember my 13th birthday party? How we kissed when you came back with my gift or my card? Yeah, I had fun with that Kevin. I want to see that Kevin again the next time you come around. Here comes the principal. Kevin, your parents are here. And, of course, Kevin's like, oh, I'm dead. Your parents are going to kill me. And Kevin apologizes. says, DJ, I'm really sorry. And he means it. You know, he didn't mean to bring this trouble on her. Not that he, he didn't really. Those other kids did. But he starts walking after the principal, but he stops and turns and asks, is it okay if I call you again sometime? And she says, sure, I'd like that. But please, just make sure the old Kevin calls. Yeah, the principal's like, come on, son, let's go. Because he puts an arm on Kevin's shoulders, practically, like, dragging him out of the gymnasium. Like, we've stalled long enough, let's go. You're suspended now, so you need to be off school property. I'll see you at school tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> DJ, you missed everything. Kevin and Paul and Sam got caught drinking. They're going to be suspended from school. I hate to say it, but they deserve it. Your mom's waiting outside. I have to find Kevin. He's over there waiting for his parents. You better talk to him now. You may not see him for a long time. Or ever again. Because we never see him again. Hi. Hi. You and I have to talk. My family thinks I was drinking. Oh, man. you got to tell my dad I'm innocent. Why did you have to go and drink anyway? Those guys said would loosen me up. I thought you'd have more fun with me. Well, I didn't have fun with you tonight. I had fun with the old Kevin. Kevin, your parents are here. Dad, DJ, I'm really sorry. I know you are. Is it okay if I call you again sometime? Alright. Just make sure the old Kevin calls. Do you want 
So, as the principal is leading Kevin down the hallway, Jesse and Danny come in, and this is where Kevin comes clean. It's like, Mr. Tanner, DJ wasn't drinking tonight. It was me and two other guys. And he also adds, she was trying to stop us. And Danny is surprised. She was telling us the truth. Danny, you know your daughter. You know she wouldn't do something like this. In your heart of hearts, if you look deep down in your heart, you know that she wouldn't do that. So Jesse, of course, apologizes to Danny. Says, I'm sorry, man. Look, I, I saw her with the beer. I just... Danny says, oh, no, Jess, don't feel bad. I mean, it was an honest mistake. And Danny turns to Kevin and says, thanks for telling us, Kevin. That principal really wants to get Kevin out of that school. Like, come on, son, let's go. Come on, Kevin. You're suspended, I told you. You have to be off the school property. And now it's dawning on Jesse. He says, oh, I was pretty rough on her. Like, yeah, I mean, I get you jumped to conclusions. You didn't ask her side of it. You didn't listen to her. And it's just like, ugh. Jesse says, hey, do you mind if I go and have a, a word alone with DJ? It's like, yeah, they really need to kind of mend this because I think his accusations kind of hurt their relationship until he actually talks to her. I can understand why she probably wouldn't be able to trust Jesse or even, you know, have a good relationship with him you know, going forward. I mean, if he, I mean, just the way that He's making these accusations, not listening to her, and just, just, ugh, just. Kevin, have you seen DJ? Yeah, she's in there. Thanks. Uh, Mr. Tanner? Yeah. DJ wasn't drinking tonight. It was me and two other guys. She was trying to stop us. She was telling us the truth. I'm sorry, man. I, I, I saw her with a beer. Oh, no, Jess, don't feel bad. It was an honest mistake. Thanks for telling us, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. I was pretty rough on her. Mind if I go in and have a word alone with DJ? Okay. So DJ's just kind of sitting on the stage there with her chin resting on her closed hand. And Jesse comes in, he's like, hey. And she looks at him and just like, oh, great. Now I'm in even, even more trouble. And she stands up and says, look, I, I came down here to find Kevin so that. And Jesse says, I just talked to Kevin outside. And she says, you did? And he says, yeah. And as Jesse's walking towards the stage, towards DJ. He says, he told me what really happened. At least, you know, Jesse is up front and he says, I owe you a big apology. And I like how she is honest with him. She says, you really hurt my feelings. And he puts a hand on her shoulder and says, I'm sorry for not believing you, pal. And DJ kind of admits, like, oh, I 
guess it did look kind of bad. It's like, yeah, you were holding the beer. It just You could have even did that and not taken the beer. Or you could have just, like I said, just walked away and just, you know, gotten an adult and let them handle it, you know? You don't need to stand there and ridicule them and tell them they're stupid. I'm sure they know they're stupid. Yeah, she does say, and I did bend the truth a couple times this week. I'm like, sweetie, that, <coughs> excuse me, that is not even in the same realm. I get that you, yes, you lied a couple times about, oh, my homework, I didn't start it. That, that is like apples to oranges here in this situation. Like, don't, just don't beat yourself up about it. And, but I really like this conversation because he, he wants to explain to her why he lost his temper with DJ. And he, he turns and says, it just made me crazy thinking of my little niece out there starting to drink. Yeah, and he's straight with her. He says, this, this isn't fun in games. I mean, I've seen it happen to my friends. They, they think they have it under control, but they've messed up their whole lives. And he tells her, that's why I'm so proud of you for making the right decision tonight. And DJ says, you know, it's not that hard to say no. It's like, no, DJ, for you it isn't. But you don't, it was hard for Kevin to say no. You know, he gave in to that peer pressure. He's not, you know, as, as strong and confident as you are. You know, sometimes it is very difficult. I'm sure they practically force that beer down his throat. With the promise of, oh, it'll help you loosen up. It'll help D DJ like you more. You want her to like you, right? It says, those kids were acting like idiots. And, you know, he puts an armor on DJ and they sit down on the stage. And he says, well, we made it through tonight. The sad truth is, is you're going to be faced with a lot of tough decisions in your life. And he says, you know, and not just about drinking either. I mean, about drugs sex? I was like, yeah, I mean, she's only 13, but there are instances where I haven't gotten to the episode yet, but five's a crowd, where that older boy in high school coerces DJ into going in the back of his van, which he's set up like a little, uh, hangout with, like, shag carpeting and throw pillows and everything, and it's like, she, the fear that, like, oh, he's going to think I'm lame if I don't make out with him and stuff like that. Or he's going to, you know, spread rumors about me and stuff like that. It's just, that's another thing where the guys, you know, Jesse, Joey, and Danny all come together. And it's like, I don't feel right about this guy. I don't like that he's going out with DJ to a drive-in movie in a van. And it's just, yes, she is going to be tempted. She is going to be pressured. But, you know, in those situations that come up, she's going to have to really dig down deep and ask herself, like, am I making the right choice here? Like, it is okay to say no, DJ. You know, guys are going to come and guys are going to go. But the ones that will respect you will listen to you. And they won't pressure you to go too far. They will be fine at just the right speed. And he even says, you know, I just, I wish you could grow up in a world where you can enjoy being a kid. 
You know, but he's talking about, I'm, I'm sorry, pal. That's, that's not the way it is. Every generation you look at, every generation, kids have been tempted by one thing or another, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's sex, whether it's anything, just anything. And it's just, there's always going to be, since the beginning of time, someone has been pressured into doing something that they don't feel 100% right about, but they don't have the courage or the confidence to say, no, I don't want to do that, and you're not going to make me feel guilty for having a choice and saying no. And Jesse says, so I hope that you'll use the same good judgment that you used tonight. Because I never want to see you get hurt. And he says, I love you so much. And he kisses her on the forehead. And it's like, oh, my heart. This is just such a sweet moment. He loves his nieces. And she looks at him and says, I love you too, Uncle Jesse. Thank you. And he takes her hand and says, all right, let's go home, huh? As they stand up and start to walk out of the gymnasium. And I like the fact that it's like, okay, that matter's settled. You know, we cleared the air. We both have listened to each other say what the other has to say without judgment and everything like that. And he just, it's like, okay, clean slate. We can go on. You know, we've solved this problem now. And just know that in the future, I will listen to you with open ears and a non-judgmental point of view. It's just, it's, it's sweet. I really do love Jesse and DJ's relationship. Hi. Oh, great. Now I'm in even more trouble. Look, I came down here to find Kevin. I so just that... talked to Kevin outside. You did? Tell me what really happened. Now you a big apology. You really hurt my feelings. I'm sorry for not believing you, pal. I guess it did look kind of bad. And I did bend the truth a couple times this week. DJ, I want you to know why I lost my temper. Made me crazy thinking of my little niece out there starting to drink. I mean, this isn't fun and games. You know, I've seen it happen to my friends. They think they have it under control. Before they know it, they've messed up their whole lives. That's why I'm so proud of you for making the right decision tonight. It's not that hard to say no. Those kids were acting like idiots. We made it through tonight. Sad truth is that you're going to be faced with a lot of tough decisions in your life. And not just about drinking either, about, about drugs and about sex and who knows what. I just wish you could grow up in a world where you can enjoy being a kid, but I'm sorry, pal, it's not the way it is. So, I hope that you'll use the same good judgment that you used tonight.
Alright, so that is the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed taking an eye-opening look at this episode after having seen it multiple times growing up and just how big this episode felt to me at the time. I mean, I'm sure when I saw this episode, I was <clears throat> probably seven going on eight and DJ... You know, I mean, Candace is right around the same age as my sister. I'm the same age, literally, as Jody Sweeten. So, I just felt like, almost like DJ was like a big sister, you know. This is, you know, and I'm I'm a young kid. And I'm just looking up to this, this older girl and just her going through this. And just, even when Jesse says, you know you're going to be faced with a lot more challenges and pressures as you get older, you know, not just alcohol, but drugs and, and sex and everything. And I'm just kind of thinking now in the back of my mind, probably trying to, or even, you know, the times I saw this episode in reruns as I was getting older and stuff like that. And just thinking like, yeah, Jesse does have a point. It just, it doesn't stop there with one temptation. There are many temptations. And the thing is, this is a Tanner Teachable moment. It's like, it is okay to say no. The world isn't going to end if you say no. And it's, you know, it's just, sometimes it's very hard to be the bigger person and just, you know, make that decision and just say, no, I don't want a part in this. You don't have to ridicule the other person. You don't got to like, oh, you're an idiot. You're stupid. Why are you doing this? Just pull yourself out of the situation and just say, hey, I'm going to pass. You don't got to give a long, bitter diatribe about why you're not going to drink. You don't owe anybody an explanation as to why. Just say, I'll pass. It's not for me. And walk away. Which has got to be one of the hardest things to do sometimes. Especially... If it's with, you know, your friends, you know, it's one thing for strangers, you know, fellow classmates or peers and stuff. But when it's your own best friends that are partaking, that really ups the ante as far as the peer pressure. And that's the thing with your friends maybe also being pressured as well. And maybe they're not strong enough to say no. And sometimes they do have to learn the hard way. And honestly, I'm going to say this. Losing a friend over something is... Peer pressure and everything is a lot better than giving in to temptation and taking a chance on losing your life. Or someone else's life. So, alrighty, uh, another Tanner Teachable moment real quick is going to be just like, hey, you need, when it's two sides to the story, there's always two sides to every story, right? Listen to both sides. Don't make snap judgments based on what you see. I get it, guilty by association. Or I saw you with a can and put two and two together. It's like, no, because the person has a right to be able to explain their side of things as well. So, all right. So, wow, my battery is really dying on me. 
I don't understand. I mean, I've had this phone for years, but it's like the battery, just the life gets sucked out of it. But anyway, okay, so next week, the next episode in the series episodes, I honestly, I don't know if I'm going to keep calling it the serious episode series. Maybe I might try to come up with something a smidge more clever. We'll see. We'll see. So next episode I'm looking at, season four, episode eight. This is another DJ episode. It's called Shape Up. This episode aired November 9th, 1990. In this episode, in light of Kimmy's upcoming pool party, DJ begins a crash diet and overexerts herself exercising. When Stephanie notices the problem, DJ swears her to secrecy, but the secret is out when DJ collapses during a family outing to the gym. Yeah, this is another hard-hitting episode that deals with issues that teenagers face, especially as you're getting older. DJ is about 14 at this point. Her body is changing. You know, that's the thing. Your body is still growing when you're 14, inside and out. And yes, we're going to be at that awkward stage where, yeah, we probably don't like how we look. And, you know, you're... Worried about what other people will think, especially, you know, body issues big time, especially you're wearing a, a bathing suit. You're putting yourself out there. You're vulnerable because of your insecurities on your look. I mean, I 100%, 100% did not like how I looked as a teenager. Still, to be honest, I don't know. I really don't know as an adult. And that's my own self-conscious, low security, low, or low, you know, insecurity and self-esteem issues. I've always had those. And some of you, as you get older, you do take that into adulthood. Granted, yes, you might not be pressured by, you know, your, your peers and everything and like, looking at like oh the movie stars I want to be like so and so I want to look like this person and stuff like that so yes you people still even as adults cannot like how they look and it you know it's not just the weight gain for me it's just I've never ever liked how I look I just I never have I've never honestly felt attractive in any way even with a husband that says that I'm beautiful and I'm pretty and everything. And it's, it's, it's one thing to hear someone say it, but it's another thing for you to actually believe it yourself. And DJ is feeling self-conscious. The idea of wearing a, wearing a bathing suit in front of her friends. Even Kimmy, who is in her own way is at that stage, even though she's, you know, thinner than DJ, always really kind of has been, and DJ has always kind of felt like she's, you know, fighting this, this battle, you know, she, you know, had baby fat, and now it's just a matter of, I need to watch what I need to eat, I want to look good for your pool party, and everything like that, and she takes it upon herself to give herself a two-week limit to lose some weight, probably somewhere around between, like, five to ten pounds or something like that and it's just the way she goes about it she goes full full core hard bore hundred hardcore full bore big time to the point where she is not eating she's not eating she hasn't been eating in three days how honestly 
a person can, I mean, not eat and, and still try to, I can still exercise. Like, you haven't been eating. You're gonna be extremely weak. I barely had an appetite for the last week because... Because I've been fighting a cold. You just, when you're sick, you're, you know, virus and stomach upset, and you're not eating anything. You're getting the hunger pains and everything like that, but you don't have an appetite. And if you don't have an appetite and you're not eating, you're not going to have energy. You're going to feel weak. You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel irritable. So I just, I don't, and I get it for the sake of the episode, but it's just how, how, how? Can you get on a stair stepper after you haven't been eating for three days and have any energy at all? It's like she's been living on water pops, like little uh, water pop <laughs> icicles from the freezer. And that's what, yeah, oh my goodness. And I'm not trying to judge DJ at all or anything, but, and I understand the focus of this episode was good. There are teenagers that also, another thing Jesse didn't bring up, body issues and the need to feel like you want to look like everyone else. You want to have a nice slim body. You want to, you know, just look, you know, thin and appealing and physically attractive. And it's almost like you feel like if I feel good on the outside and look good on the outside, I'll feel good on the inside. But honestly, no, it all has to do internally with what your mindset is and everything just because you're thin on the outside does not necessarily mean you're going to be you know it's not just about the physical it's about the mental <coughs> excuse me as well I mean oh it's just and it's it's a dangerous dangerous game that DJ was playing here a hundred percent that's another thing where you think you have something under control and you little by little it starts to, you know, take over your life and consume you and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, it's just her family cares about her. So, you know, her sister could see what this was doing to DJ. She was irritable and cranky and not eating. And with a, a bunch of people living in the house, why no one else really... Stephanie was the only one to really see this going on. But, um, yeah, we'll get more into that next week. So, alrighty. So, have a great weekend, and I will see you next week. And if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Bye-bye, everybody.